Hi there, and welcome back to the Creative Endeavor Podcast. This is the podcast bringing you inspiring stories from creative professionals from around the world. And it is an absolute pleasure to have your company here once again. I have really missed you. Now, in this episode, I'm talking to Lloyd Lewis, who's a fantastic painter based in the United Kingdom. Lloyd creates incredible portrait work with really chunky brushwork, reminiscent of Lucian Freud's paintings. I just love his stuff. And as I've been following him, I've also been in touch with him online and talking to him through Instagram Messenger. And as I began to hear more of his story and more of his creative trajectory, I just had to get him on the show. See, not only is Lloyd a great artist and and a full-time artist at that, but he's the two-time world kickboxing champion. Now, my brain starts doing backflips as I try to process what that must be like. I cannot think of a greater challenge to put your body through physically than to face somebody else in the ring and the goal being you're going to annihilate one another. I, I just somehow I just it does not compute and so I really wanted to ask him about that what the heck was that like and then how did he end up finding himself in art and having this be his creative focus now this was an incredible conversation it went just about everywhere we had a lot to connect on and talk about and it was an absolute pleasure getting to know him better so I really hope you get something out of this conversation too without further ado here's Lloyd Lewis in the creative endeavor. Lloyd Lewis, welcome to the Creative Endeavor podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have your company. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. It's going to be uh, awesome. I can't believe I'm on the Creative Endeavor. So thank you. Thank you very much for asking me. Oh, mate. No, it's it's an absolute pleasure. Look, you're, you're an interesting dude. And, and there's lots of stuff that we have to talk about. And, and I should mention to people, as I would have done anyway, in the, in the introduction to this podcast, about you being the two-time world champion kickboxer uh, before becoming you know a great portrait artist maybe we can kick things off here but with with your creative story and how you kind of found that passion for art sure um well i've always loved drawing um ever since i was a kid it was my it was my one thing that i was good at um i had really bad asthma i wasn't very good at sport or anything like that i was terrible at sport in school um always picked last and things but um yeah, I, I got I got really, I just loved art and I loved drawing. Um, I went to art college after I left secondary school, and um, it just kind of the wheels came off it a little bit. Um, I didn't feel like it was the place for me. Um, I didn't gel with the teachers. I didn't gel with the lecturers. I didn't gel with the other students. I just felt like I was um, kind of a you know the the, the sort of black sheep of the of the art college family kind of thing and it just didn't didn't i didn't enjoy my experience um i mean i got i got uh, um sort of suspended for a day um from art college because the art lecturer sat on a paintbrush and i thought it was funny so i laughed and they she went to the office told the people in charge and they suspended me 
So I had to sit out outside and wait for my lift. And it was like, right. And I kind of thought at that point, I don't think this is for me. Um, so I left art college and I was 17 and I started martial arts, freestyle kickboxing. I was lucky enough to meet someone who um, changed my life and changed my outlook. His name is Graham Brockway. He's my trainer. Um, I never had a really good, strong father figure growing up. My dad wasn't the nicest or the best. Um, but Graham was a wonderful, it was wonderful. And um, although he did, he does, and he, if he, he was here now, he would tell you when I walked through the door of the gym, he gave me two weeks. He said, there's no way that guy will, will last, will stick it. Because Graham has one, one speed and that is flat out. Um, I was lucky enough to work with him as a labourer and we, we would work non-stop we'd start at nine we'd have coffee uh, coffee break at 11 um lunch and then we would just we would literally be flat out non-stop um so yeah so i had my first fight within three months and i won that one andrew morgan in the cumvelin club in swansea lovely swansea um yeah. and i won my first title my well my welsh title in five fights and I don't think anybody else in the gym has done that, managed to do that. It was pretty cool. I was excited. It was brilliant, you know, like five fights to win a Welsh title. Um, I became Welsh, two-time Welsh champion, British, European, intercontinental, and two times world kickboxing champion. I beat the likes of Alex Reed, who's quite famous in the UK. Um, he was married to Jordan, um, who's quite famous lady. Um, I beat him. In the European Games, the first ever European Games, I won that twice. I won the World Games twice. I'm a black belt, second Dan. Um, yeah, and so I, I had 57 fights, 49 wins, and 39 stoppages, and it was it was something I just loved. And um, wow, I, I would get up like when I was fighting, I would get up at ridiculous o'clock in the morning, go for a run, and it would r range from like a three-mile run, to, or if I was fighting a 10-round fight, it would be 10, you know, it would start at three, but then it would go up to 10, 10 miles and then come down again. And I did that five days a week running and I trained five days a week. I saw it as, you know, I, if I, I always thought if I was going to be good, I had to work hard, you know, um, and I had no choice but to work hard. My trainer, Graham, he would, he would absolutely annihilate us all the time and i got my one of my friends one of my best friends um we started together john james he, he passed away uh, in last october he was amazing amazing martial artist and a brilliant rugby player and everything but we used to train together we train we'd have a ridiculously hard session and then at the end of the class we would then um start doing like light free weights like we call it speed weights so we'd stand we do half an hour of speed weights after a session that would you know hospitalize a normal person it was insane <laughs> but like people would always say like what, what's wrong with them why are they doing that and graham would say well that's how they're going to become champions and then when we became champions it was like well that's why they're champions and that just stuck in my head you know you wow. get results from working hard yeah, um yeah. so yeah that's my kickboxing journey i um i then left kickboxing um because i needed to finish my degree mm-hmm and that was thanks to my trainer, Graham. He uh, he said I was this, the most cleverest labourer he, he'd ever met. So he pushed me to do further education, to do my A-levels and to, to do my degree. And, um, you know, he he, uh, he was sad to see me go. But, you know, I finished, I finished you know, with a, with a wonderful career. I only lost eight out of 57, which isn't bad. 
Um, and I had five amateur boxing fights as well. I was very close to going um, pro amateur uh, pro boxing, um, but I decided to pursue my degree. I got my degree, um, which was awesome. Like you know, I, when I finished my GCSEs and I I got my GCSEs, my, my sort of like after secondary school, I asked the um, assistant head there in my secondary school if I could do A levels, mm-hmm. and he looked at me and he said, "Nope, you're not clever enough." And I was like. Right. Okay. So after getting my degree, I felt like going back to school and going, "Oh, you look at this," but wow, uh, I didn't. Wow. Um, so just for the missed, for, anyway. for some of the people outside of the UK that, that are listening, so A levels that's like you know senior in high school, right? I think so. So you you do yeah. your you, you finish you go sort of year eleven, mm. um, and you do your um, GCSEs, and mm-hmm. then the next lot lot up is A levels, and then then the next bit is degree. Right, right. And what was the, yeah, absolutely. What was the degree in? Um, coast, uh, it was um, uh, um, <laughs> coastal zone management and marine environment studies. So it was like a, wow, all about the sea and things like that. So it was a wonderful degree. Um, you know, we got to go to Iceland and a few other really cool places on the degree. So that was really interesting. That's and then cool. I became a science teacher for 15 years in a local school in Bristol. Um, it was quite a rough school, um, but it, it was Patchway and it was a wonderful, a lovely school. The kids were amazing and I, I loved them and, you know, they, they knew that. We always have lots of fun and stuff. But uh, I had, towards the end of my teaching career, I had th- I, I sort of had, had real problems with my back and I had to have three spinal surgeries. Um, like, I was going to say serious spinal surgeries, but that didn't, didn't need to be said, does it? When you have a spinal surgery it's not like a walk in the park that's a big deal so yeah i went yeah it's a big deal it's horrible i went to bed one night and said to my wife my back's really killing me and i woke up the next day and i literally couldn't walk it was like it was horrible so i kind of um it was like 18 months to kind of you know of, of horrible pain and horrible meds and things like that wow. but um i after my third spinal surgery i made the decision to leave my cushy teaching job um, and do two things that I absolutely adore. So I started last uh, two years in September. I started Red Dragons Martial Arts, and I also decided to really push to become um, the best artist that I can be. And uh, I love teaching, and I, you know, teachers are amazing. But it was for me, it was the best decision I've ever made. You know, wow. it was wonderful. I mean, even with a global pandemic and you know the lockdown that was hard because i had to do online courses and online classes my back was was a nightmare but my daughter had to have um spent three weeks in hospital as well but apart from that it was all right (laughs) yeah wow wow what what an extraordinary story i mean it sounds like you've been just about everywhere done just about everything and you don't seem that old lloyd (laughs) to to have lived this much life well i'm 48 so i've done it you know well, that's, a, that's not a bad age, but you're still a young fella, really. Um, and, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> we slip of a lad. Yeah. You know, it's 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 interesting because this what, – so what I'm hearing from that is is when you first started out, there was that creative inkling and that intention to be yeah. more creative. And I think, you know, this is a case, isn't it, with a lot of children, especially going through the schooling system – that we are creative when we start out and then that's slowly driven from us uh whether it's through peer pressure 
pressure to do something else or hey, get a real job because you're not going to make any money doing that anyway. Artists starve. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to hear where people go with their lives in order to, you know, make an income and, and just survive within society. But if you were given the opportunity, do you think you would have stuck with your art from a younger age? Yeah, definitely. 100%. I, I love art. I mean, it's, it satisfies parts of my, you know, being that other things just don't. And I don't, you know, don't want to sound pretentious about that, but it just does. It just makes me, it just, it just makes me happy, you know, and it, it just to sit and paint and to create something that I'm genuinely happy with is, is something that it's a real gift that, you know, is, is just, it's just wonderful. Um, and, yeah. and if I could have pursued it when I was younger, I would have, I mean, it'd be amazing, but I look back at it and I think, like every decision that I've made has led me to where I am now and there's nothing I would change about now. I mean, I've got two amazing children, a wonderful wife. You know, I live, I live in a life that I would, well, when I was a kid, I was never, would never thought was possible. So, you know, mm. this is, this is amazing what I've got now. It's absolutely awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a lucky man. It's, it's, it's interesting because I, I find myself in a similar kind of frame of mind as well like if i could go back i would do it differently or maybe you know if i had that opportunity but then you're just like well all of those things that happened through life that led me to where i am and um and and this isn't bad or you know if you're not quite where you want to be you know for anybody listening to this sometimes the situations that we find ourselves in that are a little bit challenging are the ones that actually really make us you know and yeah uh, definitely yeah definitely i mean it's just the spinal surgeries alone. I mean, I, I literally existed for 18 months between lying in bed and having hot baths and hardly able to lift my, I couldn't lift my children. You know, I, I, it was, it was hell on earth. It was hell on earth. But what I did do, I, I knuckled down. I could, I drew, I tried to paint. That was really hard, but I read and I read and I read and it was like all sorts of books, you know, lots of kind of positive self-help things and, um, and, and anything, but it, and lots of art stuff. And it just yeah. kind of triggered something in my head mm-hmm. that, you know, this is, this is important. My life is important now. Sure. And I want to have quality from my life. And I just, I just went for it because, you know, this hard time won't ever, won't last forever. And it didn't, you know, and, and there's always, they always say, you know, someone always got it always worse. Absolutely. That's true. And we can draw inspiration from them. But yeah, my, my kind of, I pushed myself and just went for it. And I, I, I think I, I think it was after my second spinal surgery, I told my wife that I was thinking of leaving teaching, mm-hmm. you know, and, and becoming a martial arts instructor and being an artist. And she, bless her, she, she was like, yeah, that's fine. That's amazing. Um, like she didn't question it. And that's the kind of, that's the wonderful thing about my wife. And we just kind of betted on us. And yeah, and, and, and it was one of the best decisions we made because now I've got a business with my martial arts school that I, I work with people who are amazing. I've got people like literally have transformed from when they come into the gym, they can't do a press up to, you know, being able to rep out a hundred and, and more and, you know, people running marathons and doing all sorts of things, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's amazing. Wow. Like, and, and, and having kids change completely 
change from being so shy that they want to kind of absorb themselves into the wall, they can't make eye contact with you, to then being able to stand up in front of a room full of children and adults and go, right, okay, everybody, in lines, and, and just taking a lead and being a leader. And for me, that's important to be a leader in your own life, you know? So, yeah, it's it's a passion of mine that you've got to kind of ignite a spark in these people and help them achieve something that they never thought was possible. Because I, mm. I always say to them, if I could film you now, if I could film you when you do your black belt and show it to you now, you'd think you were an Avenger, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool. Well, look, it, 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 I, I uh, did see a little bit of the um, uh, one of the fights that was uploaded to YouTube that you were involved in. And uh, you look like a bloody yeah. defender, mate. You know, you really do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's... Uh, there's a couple of them. There's one on our YouTube channel um, where yeah. I beat Alex Reed, and then the other one is I lose that one. I got to put some other ones up because I only lost eight. Uh, yeah, there's only, there's only two on there, and one of them I lost. Oh no, no, no. So, yeah, yeah I'll upload more. Yeah, no, inspiring stuff. What What is? What have you found? You know, through through what you've gone through in your life what, what have you found that link is between this um kind of this mind body connection but through your martial arts and your training your physical fitness how has that related back to your art have you found any kind of connection there that you're conscious of that you're that that is something that you think about i think it's all in the mind like my your mind is something that will just put you you know push you past anything that's comfortable uncomfortable or anything like that like my trainer graham i have said before he used to absolutely destroy us and and his mission was to destroy us I, when i did my black belt um i i had to to get the money to get my black belt right so i had to f win a tournament the european games um the week before so i had four fights i think four mm -hmm. full contact fights um luckily they only lasted a few rounds each um so that was good but um still it's really hard on your body and then the next week i had to do a black belt grading and i can't remember it was eight hours long and at one point we were in the horse stance for 45 minutes and the trip the the head of the association was grading us and he said if you get up once you fail so if i'd listened to my body i would have given up but you just put your head somewhere else and you just go for it, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and I think that's with my art as well. I, I just, I don't, I, I just keep working. I keep trying, I keep improving and I just want to be the best, but I'm the best version of me now. Um, but you know, ask me next week and I'll be even better. That's the kind of thing that I look at. That makes sense. That just, just for the, for the people listening to this, the, the horse stance, is particularly brutal. So if, if people can picture kind of standing in a squat position, so your knees are bent, but your back is absolutely straight. And I think martial artists yeah. also hold their arms straight out. Yeah, we've got well. one arm tucked in, one arm and you punch. So it's, yep. you know, one punch, two punch. And, and yeah. so, and we so allowed. you're in the deepest part of, of a squat position, just about your, your thighs are parallel to the ground. Just try hold that yeah. for one minute, <laughs> let alone 45 yeah, minutes. Me, I, I, we have a saying in my gym, um, person who complains about horse dance needs more horse dance, you know? 
Yeah. It's hard, but you've got to do it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, character building. It, it, well, there you go. Character building. I, um, I, I did that when I was very young. I, um, I had a bit of a, of a history with, with martial arts. I started off with judo when I was, when I was a real young fella. And then that moved on to uh, jiu-jitsu, uh, traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu, not Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And then I did some silly ninja art in Perth um, in Australia about 15 years ago now um, called Ninjukai Taijutsu. <laughs> Which was, oh. which was really interesting, and uh, I stopped that as soon as we started using weapons because I couldn't actually see much of a link between using weapons and, you know, swinging a sword around or a staff or whatever. Maybe it had some benefit, but I, what I really enjoyed was the throwing, the locking, a little f- few striking techniques and that sort of thing. But I often thought about because at the time I was a huge fan of UFC, uh, mixed martial arts. Mm. And I thought about, yeah. like, what does it take to stand in a ring, staring at somebody else, knowing that you guys are going to beat the heck out of each other? This is going to be taxing to your body. You might get hit in the head. I mean, we know now about uh, brain injuries from getting striked in the head. And, and I often think about, like, would I have what it takes to stand in a ring and face somebody else with skills equal to or greater than my own? Uh, would I want to be hit by me? Or, you know, face somebody who, and I'm like, because yeah. they, they grade you. They, you. You're going up against similar weight class. And, and that person is training their butt off just like you've trained your butt off. And I'm thinking, no. <laughs> like, I, I think I, it's I, one, one of the hardest things you can do is one of the yeah. bravest things you can do. I know it's not for everybody. My, my trainer had a saying, um, fighters are born, they're not made. Because when you intellectualize what fighting is, it's insane. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you, you, you point at someone and go, right, in six weeks, eight weeks, you and him are going to have a fight, you know, and, and that alone enters your mind. So you've kind of, you've got to get that, you've got to conquer the fear, you've got to get the adrenaline under control, um, and you've got to make sure your training is really, really right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I remember my first fight, I was terrified. Um, I always have to, I always had this kind of like, what, like really bad stomach cramps and things before going in. Um, so yeah, I, every time I fought, I was terrified every single time, even when I was going for the world title, even more so then, because it's like, you know, there's so much riding on it. I was prepared, genuinely prepared to die in there to get that title, you know? So wow. it was like, you have to, cause you have to, to be the best in the world at anything you should be prepared to do whatever it takes you know mm-hmm. like that we have a saying in my gym um that you can get you can do anything as long as you do two things you do whatever it takes and you don't quit you know okay. um and that's if you can get that in your head and become and and, and adopt that it becomes such a powerful thing so if I, my the kids that i teach if they are struggling in school and they think right i've just got to do whatever it takes and not quit they become better at whatever they're struggling at you know but yeah Mm. fighting is hard it's Mm. really really hard i think if uh, i mean i've got utmost respect for anyone whether they've with their one fight and they've stepped in the ring or they've had a hundred fights you know it's it's that conquering that fear being able to stand in front of people watching and touching gloves and having that ref and the smell of the sweat and the lights and Oh, it's it's terrifying. It's insane. And intellectualizing it in this cozy environment is mad. But when you're 
in the gym or you're you know in your training and you're training for something like that it's the most logical thing you can do and you work hard and you prepare and if you if you do that right you want you run the risk of not being as hurt as you know if you don't do it right and there are some cowboys out there who don't train properly and they just run you know jump into the ring and they've had a few pints the night before and that's that's insane you, know, you can't do that you've got to do it right wow yeah. But that, the, what a what a fantastic takeaway, you know, do whatever it takes and don't quit. I mean, without being a fighter, I've applied that to my my art business. And I was having a chat with with Rachel the other day about this, you know, kind of looking back over the years and, and a lot of struggle. There's There's been a lot of struggle, in particular over the last mm. decade. Um, you know, I was very lucky in my career. It kind of skyrocketed and then it started this this plummet downwards as like economy started to fail, as challenges became real. And 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 she's like, you know what? You're the kind of guy that tries everything. You just do everything and you just keep trying. You keep going and you don't let up. And I'm like, maybe, yeah, actually, maybe that is true. It's very hard for me to take a compliment or, or any kind of positive feedback at all. But yeah, and, and I, I saw that as very much a positive thing. But I was like, you know what, maybe she's right. And I think there's something to be said for, for doing whatever it takes and not quitting that stickability. I mean, because also like in our art, you know, walk, as we're going through our lives as, as creative professionals, man, we're going to hear no so much. We're going to face that fear. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's not somebody that's gloved up and 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 got that mean look in their eye and they're about to take a swing at you, it's going to be maybe an art critic or a gallery owner or a potential client or maybe you've got to make the yeah. sale because you've got to pay those bills or whatever. It's it's um it's, it's quite important to to actually just keep trying, isn't it? Just keep going. It is, it is because if you quit, then you'll never do it. You know, it's like. Like we, and we don't, we're a human race. We don't come from a place of quitting. I mean, you can talk, I can talk. We learned to talk. We, we learned, you know, we've made lots and lots of mistakes. We can walk. So we've learned lots of mistakes. We didn't, our parents didn't see us fall down once and go, nope, maybe walking's not for you. You know, it's just, it's important. Yeah. We yeah. just I keep that whole thing going. And yes, you're going to get knockbacks. I mean, I get knockbacks regularly and it just, mm. Uh, I use it as a springboard. Like I, I, um, I got uh, knocked back. I think it was 2013 from a, something I really wanted, and I just uh, obviously I wasn't good enough at that point, and I just said to myself, right, what can I do? So I made the decision. Um, 2013, draw every day, and I've done that every single day since. I haven't wow. missed once, and I never will. I, I know that I will constantly. I'll be drawing on my deathbed. You know, I'll be doing art on my deathbed because it's just part of me and I love it wow. and it's just one of those things that you just have to do if you want to be good at something then then don't talk about it do it you know we we, we live in a world where people talk too much and yeah. don't do oh you're you're you know? you're convicting me Lloyd I <laughs> see listen I, I do these podcasts really to try and put out a, some some real positive uh, vibes and share the love with people around the world the audience is you know admittedly not as big as it is on you know for my normal YouTube tutorials but I think the people that really are passionate diehard you know really want to make it work as artists you know they, they're listening intently but I tell you the person that gets more out of these podcasts than anything than anybody else is me and when I hear something like that, I, I, I suddenly I go, you know what? He's right. 
he's right. You know, I ha I've had these light bulb moments talking to Thomas Fluharty, Cesar Santos, uh, Dino Cook, uh, Lubomir Arzov, who is one of the you know newer podcasts, and and um, a lot of these guys, uh, and 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 you know, amazingly talented artists like Carla Grace as well. After I do these interviews, I come back and I'm like, you know what? I am not doing enough. I need to do more. I need to do more. And, and the one thing, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what you're reminding me of. Um, sketch Endeavor. I've had a lot of people asking me, hey, how's the Sketch Endeavor journey going? You know, what's, what's happening there? And I don't want to say that there's a table over there and a sketchbook that has not been opened in months and I, I tell you why, it's not an excuse, because again, you've done it every day. You've gone through probably worse than we went through here in New Zealand, uh, you know, with, with the lockdown situation and my routine and, uh, and everything else, it just went out the window. I, now I worked, don't get me wrong, I worked, but it was like, no, I've got to get this done now, now this done. And I completely turned my back on, hey, you wake up at this time, you're supposed to be doing you know, this time is, is, is our wake up time. You're sleeping in a little bit too late. You're supposed to put that two hours in at the drawing board. You haven't done that. Why not? What's going on? And, and now you're reminding me, it's like, yeah, I mean, this is vitally important showing up regardless of, of what's going on around you, regardless. Oh, if, totally. if you've got a pencil and a sketchbook or a piece of paper, you've got a paintbrush and a bit of canvas, get to work. You create magic, yeah. you know, you're, you're making something that it, even if it's just you that loves it, that's, that's the important thing. But you know, your work is incredible. So yeah, you're, you're amazing. So, um, ah, oh, stop. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, I, I, I look at the, I look at the old masters, right. And, um, you know, I suppose it's like anybody with any, any pursuit, but I, I look at where, what is possible in painting and, and in drawing? And I've seen works of art that just make me weep, like the, the October by, by Jules Bastien Lepage, or, or maybe one of Rembrandt's portraits, or a landscape painted by Ivan Shishkin. I look at these things, and I've been fortunate to see some originals, you know, and, and hanging in museums. And, and a lot of people, like if you're in the UK, you've got access to the most amazing 19th century painting that was, you know, that was ever done. There's a few that have spread out yeah. internationally, but if you're if you're there in the UK, man, that's where it's at. Paris, you know, that's where it's at. So I've seen some of these originals, and I've seen the height at where we've got to in Western art and and realist painting. And it just makes me weep. And it also makes me go, that's where it is. I don't know where that rung on the ladder is, but I just know there's another one in front of me and I just got to keep going. This one's like maybe 267 rungs in front of me, but I've got to just keep climbing, yeah. keep climbing. And to me, it's so much a progression. It's so much a, a you know, we're always able to, to, to learn and grow. And I think it was... Um, Always. I think it was Tony Robbins that said, when you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Tony Robbins. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan that's, of Tony And that's true. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I love him. Absolutely awesome. I look at people, you know, I look at paintings of Bouguereau. We, I was lucky to be in uh, Paris in December. So I saw um, 
Ingress and Bouguereau and so many others are in the flesh, you know, and it's kind of like the hair stands up on the back of your head and you're right. You see these things and you think this is what's possible, you know, and, and it's just genuine masters. And some people would look at that and go, well, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there. So what's the point? And you can't you like, you can't have that mindset. You've got to be able to say, I'm not there yet, but that's possible. I will try my best to get there. And if I can't, at least I'll be better than I am today. You know, there's a wonderful saying, and I don't know who said it. I think it's an American football coach said, always try try to be better than you were yesterday. You know, and mm-hmm. that kind of, I love that slow grind, that iteration, that improvement, improvement, and that conscious practice and that, you know, getting better. Like for me, it's, it's, it's what I love to do. I mean, I'm, I've always got my sketchbook somewhere very close mm-hmm. and, you know, I try and paint regularly i've started pushing myself i did i've done a couple of planner um competitions and things which you know i haven't been chosen yet but like the the paintings that i've did uh, the first one wasn't as good as the second one was far far better and it got some really really high praise from the all all the judges that saw it so i was you know it was amazing you know um I've, i've done art battles where you've got 25 minutes no source material go you know, and it's, wow. it's like, wow, it's, 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 it's outside my comfort zone. It's something I would never thought I would do. Yeah. But you just say yes and you just try and you just go. And, and you know, I know when when I get a little bit more busy and, you know, I'm going to have to be a little bit more um, thoughtful about what I say yes to. But um, right now I'm just saying yes and yes and yes. I mean, um, yeah, I was always like going to say yes to this. So this is awesome. I'd set myself a target. <laughs> At the start of the year, like a five-year target, and this was one of my stretch targets to one day be in the uh, creative endeavor. So, oh, yeah, stop it, Lloyd! It. <laughs> no, it's no. genuinely it's awesome. I, I can't believe I'm. Uh, I, you know, this is my soundtrack to my paintings. I, I when I, before the lockdown, I get up at five a.m. Yeah. and I'd be painting yeah. for two hours before the wow. kids get up. Mm. Um, but I, like with lockdown and everything, like it was, and like the hardcore training I had to do with the online stuff. And I had to start taking some really strong painkillers for yeah. my back. Yeah. I, that just 5 a.m. was wiped me out. So I'm uh, I'm trying to get myself back off painkillers, back as fit as I can possibly be, so I can, you know, be the best version of me um, yeah. after lockdown shifted and eased, so I can really get up and at them because I'm nice. hungry yeah. to do more. Oh man, I, I wish you all the best on that journey. That's it's it's not easy, you know. Pain medication is no joke, and and it's quite interesting the way we become addicted to to those substances as well. And you know, keeping that mind it sharp. Was, it's, it's horrible when I but managing it just when managing I had my back pain, surgery. Mm. Sorry to interrupt. No, when no, I had my on. back surgery, I was on some really, really, really strong pain meds, and um, I they didn't the, the the doctors and everything didn't really give me any indication of how to kind of wean myself off them so i basically took i, I just i did it myself and i just took a, a one tablet less every day mm-hmm. over a very short period of time and i was on like ridiculously strong pain meds and it was like 3 to 4 weeks after i'd stopped taking my last pain med i was getting still getting really horrible withdrawal symptoms and sweats and everything and I phoned my doctor and I said, look, I've, I've gone four weeks. I haven't taken anything, um, but I'm still like getting these withdrawal symptoms. What can I do? And she said, take another one. And I was like, I can't take another one. I've gone four <laughs> weeks without taking it. Oh, no. 
you know, how can I then just go, oh yeah, brilliant, and back on it? It's, yeah. Uh, it's so yeah. I just, I just, just pushed through. It was, it was really, really hard. It was Dude. one of it was a real mar- mission and a marathon. But yeah, got there in the end. But I want to, I want to ask nice. you though, like, you know, because, because on that as well, it's like I mean, we're constantly facing these challenges in our lives and and you face some really profound challenges and that's why it's it's so interesting to have a chance to talk to you um what i find when i get emailed and, and questions you know coming through social media for instance people are are a, a large percentage of people are just wondering how to get started and as i press them a little bit uh, and i i start finding out they have this kind of debilitating fear where they haven't actually started at all. They're afraid to start. No. What do you say to somebody in that position? Because you strike me as the kind of guy that, you know, yes, you feel that fear, but you, you just do it anyway. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. It, people will always put in their heads like the worst thing that can happen. So, you know, there would be people who wouldn't do this podcast because they can't talk in public. And, you know, when they go out and have a conversation, they're talking in public, but they don't think like that. Like it's, it's, you're always, always going to not be the best you can possibly be until you've tried, until you've practiced, until you've failed. And I think a lot of people, and I'd say it's our education system that really fosters this, failure isn't kind of looked upon as, as a yay kind of thing. It's more of a, oh, no, you got that wrong. Cross, you know, but you got that right, big tick. It's like almost Pavlovian because you don't want that cross, you want that tick. Um, and it, it's awful because it programs people not to take risks so you don't get want to get things wrong. It's, it's, it's inherent. It's really bad in the, in the um, education system. And I can talk about this for a while because it's, it, it, the education system, especially in the UK is propagated upon kind of one correct answer, one way of finding it, you know, and that's it. And life isn't like that. There isn't one correct answer. There isn't like, you know, if you, if you're painting, and trying to create something wonderful. There's not one thing that you do that's going to get it right. There's a myriad of ways of getting there. And every single artist is different. And, you know, I, even in these podcasts, every, like life, there's more than one way of getting there. And we have created people who are failure adverse, won't take risks. And when you take those risks, you, you know, that's where the magic happens. That's where you go and become better. You get... In, in that deep water and you really, really push yourself and create yeah. something wonderful or do something wonderful and you, you develop your confidence and you, your self-esteem will grow, you know, but if we, we've got people who we nurture this negativity of, Oh no, you don't want to do that. That's fine. You don't need to do that. You're not very good at public speaking anyway, are you? Cause you sent you know, and it's like, well, you know, I, I've had people in my class, in my classes who've not, continued and their parents have contacted me and said well they, they love the classes but it's the it's the mixing with other people that they didn't like and the and the teamwork element and i'm like this you know these are children and they are going to live a life where they have to work together you know that's how you get yeah. better yeah. and um yeah so they're they're, they're they're being rewarded for failure and, and, yeah. and people are programmed to not take risks and it, it winds me up you know, I'm not. I'm not very sympathetic with that. I, 
I always like to push people outside their comfort zone. And we've got one lady in my martial arts school, and she's amazing. Um, Sarah, her name is. And she's got this wonderful part of her brain where um, you put it, you say, right, guys, I need a volunteer. And she was the first one. She go, she, you could see her in her head. She's going, don't, don't, don't. And her arm just goes up. I'll do it. I, I've had her up doing like martial arts demonstrations and things like that, you know, and, and she'll tell you she's super shy, but she's she's amazing. She's gone and really pushed herself outside of her comfort zone. And I love that. I respect that. And she's and so many of my guys do that. It's wonderful. You know, pushing outside the comfort zone is important. There, there are so many different directions I want to go in uh, with with what you said there. It's just fantastic. But first off, with with that school system, I've been thinking about this for some time, and and now I I, I guess in a certain way, um, it's kind of comforting to know that other people kind of feel the same way because I I think that education, the way we have it set up now in the West, and the way it's been going, is quite disturbing. Um, we are, we're mm. rewarded for, for inaction, for staying within our comfort zone. We're w- rewarded for participation alone. We're not rewarded really for excellence because we need to, you know, think about the feelings of the people that don't actually perform or strive. You know, th- there is a certain pecking order or hierarchy that starts f- forming. In particular, I found this in New Zealand and, and in Australia, very bad in Australia, where if you strive to achieve and you excel, you're then cut down. It's called the tall poppy syndrome. You know, the tall poppy gets chopped yeah. down. Kids are brutal, yeah. but what happens is the the teachers start policing that as well you know you step out in front and you're like oh well who do you think you are i'm like well hang on a second i thought yeah. i was here to do well what's going on and then there there's there's another aspect as well what you're saying about the ticks and the crosses you know when you when you give the right answer you get the pat on the head and you're rewarded when you give the wrong one you're reprimanded and this is becoming a very binary way of of educating where you're now training human beings to give you the response that was put in. So information in, information out. We now become a feedback loop where we're, yeah. we're repeaters. We're repeating the information that we've been told. What we do to kids, you know, it drives me insane. Kids naturally are just exploring. And if we can channel them and encourage those mistakes and encourage them to strive and achieve and go for something, then what an amazing world this might be in because they'll work out themselves what works and doesn't work. And of course, you must guide them and be there and nurture them, but it's how you do it. And now I'm starting to think like, there, if, I, if I become a father, you know, I may become a father very soon. When these kids show up, I'm not announcing anything there, folks. Don't read into that. No. But, but, but if, okay. if, if the kids show up, you know, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> if, if they show up, then I'm thinking, like, am I going to send them to school? Because if I had a time machine right now, Lloyd, mm. I'll tell you what I do. If I could go back to my school days, I would have done this. I would have been sitting there in class. I would have taken my school book at, at the age of 14, you know, closed it up, gotten up, walked out. And as I'm walking out, the teacher would no doubt say, Andrew, where do you think you're going? I said, I'm going home. You can't keep me here. This is indoctrination. See ya. Yeah. And I would have done my own self-directed learning. I wouldn't have gone to university. I would have quit high school. 
and and I'm almost at this point, you know, where where if I have some young people or kids in school listening to this, I'm not going to say stay in school. I'm not not going to say that, but I think it's important that we start to educate ourselves and start going in those directions that we feel are going to benefit us the most. Because society, the way it's rigged now and the way it's going now, is not designed in your favor to look after you. It's designed to make you a little cog in a very big machine. And guess what? You're replaceable. Oh, eminently so. It, it frightens me to think my little boy and my little girl are going to kind of do the If they do the, the traditional school, work, retirement, death, and retirement and death is that, you know, work is there in school. And it's just it's mm. terrifying. You know, they might get, a, yeah, you've got a bonus. or yeah, you've got a promotion. And it's, everything is kind of, all the pleasure and the fun is backloaded. So we're not having that moment of, you know, kind of, being able to travel and explore and you know we might have a gap year or whoop-de-doo um it's it frightens the hell out of me that my little ones are going to end up like that um i want them to be creative and they are wonderfully creative they don't have yeah. games consoles or anything they sit and spend time with a piece of paper and some pens and just look at i've done look at i've done look at i've done and it's it's things like that we really need to to nurture and like, we need creative people we need creative thinkers we need people to come up at, at, at things from several different viewpoints you know mm-hmm. we can't always have the same viewpoint um was it was it uh, einstein said we can't expect to solve a problem by coming at it with the same thinking that we that created the problem i'm paraphrasing yes. but it's such a wonderful a quote you know it's mm. and it's so apt for today mm. um we Absolutely. are developing failure adverse people i've seen children who have broken down in tears because they can't do one tiny little thing you know and it's the end of the world it's they, they they're done and their parents swooping in and oh no and it's like no you, you let them fail let them fail completely 100 percent is how you get better and, and it's it's brave to, and especially in this kind of culture, to sort of say, no, go on, let you, you know, and, and give them that little bit of extra rope so that they can make their mistakes and things. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a frightening thing for me, for my little ones to, to go on and have a mundane grey beige life. I don't want them to have that. Yeah. Um, I want them to have a life full of colour and, you know, be whatever they want to be. If they want to be an architect, an artist, a doctor, accountant or whatever you know that's fine Mm. but on their terms on their terms that's important for sure absolutely and and i also thinking about it you know the way we've kind of rigged things up the way education directs people is to specialize in in like one particular thing or or another and the the older i get the more i find out it's like well i would love to learn how to fix a car i'd love to know about health and wellness i'd love to learn how to fish potentially how to hunt you know i would love to learn how to grow my own food and not only i'd love to learn you know you know about my art of course and more about my art you know i'd love to learn about paint chemistry i mean there's so many things just right there i'd love to learn all about business it's endless it's endless endless. and it's like nope i'm a mechanic i'm doing the mechanic thing that's what i do and and i Um, i think i think about how many people a few generations back had to know everything or a little bit of something about everything and and we're great generalists those are useful people 
those are really useful yeah, people definitely. to get around yeah since leaving school and things so there's, there's this idea that you know you get you you get your job and that's it and you're done and school finishes and learning finishes you know and that's a crime because learning i'm going to sound like a poster but learning should be lifelong it's it's a constant progression you know of of getting better it's that iteration of being better than you were yesterday like i i'm always like every like i'm a, I'm a creature of habit and so like i've got my drawing i've got my i commit to learning something uh, new that is going to help me or inspire me with my art every single day I, every single day non-negotiable christmas day do it non-negotiable so you know i i read books upon books upon books and i it's 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 important and and we've got the the internet and you know on 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 our phones and we've got access to every virtually everything you know the jordan mm -hmm. peterson said it's like the advent of it's like the new printing press you know mm -hmm. it's yeah. it, and he's right it's we there's literally nothing we can do we can't do now with with our phones we can we can run a business we can run a as, as Gary Vaynerchuk calls them, a side hustle from our phone and, you know, create a little bit of extra wealth so you can retire sooner and live more of a life, which yeah. is what we need to do. We need to be not cogs in the machine. We need to be creative and live a life that's full of joy and happiness and color and mistakes yeah. and falling down and <laughs> getting back up again. All that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. For sure. I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I think, you know, I, I have said often on the podcast, there's never been a better time to be an artist. Um, I, I do want to add one more thing to that, though. Now, the, the world being the way it is, uh, there's never been a more challenging time to be an artist. But that's a really good thing. Um, hmm. I'm not saying that there's not horror and difficulties within that challenge. I only mean this from a particular respect is that the challenge and the pressure from the outside will make us create things that are probably more meaningful, more profound. Um, it has a potential to be that anyway. I don't hope, I, I, I don't wish for anybody to have a rough ride. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that through these challenges and through a, a, a modicum of pressure, that allows us to develop more and grow more. And, and it, we can derive more meaning from those things that we're involved in in our lives because of that, you know, the overcoming. There might be some challenges that we face that we might not be able to overcome, but that's, it's kind of part of life. But I often think yeah. about some of the most profound art from the past. I keep coming back to this. I've talked about it in the podcast before. I think with my conversation with John Coleman, there's a painting by Goya of some poor unfortunate souls facing a firing squad and the guns have just lit up and the, the figures out there almost in a Christ-like pose just taking the bullets you know and and it's it's mm. a shocking confronting painting but he was going through horror and he was witnessing horror uh, Goya was but he created some art that has lasted centuries now and continues to speak to us to this day and yeah. Out of that time and out of that incredible challenge, he created something that has real meaning and impact. So uh, to me, th there's, there's a certain responsibility there. And again, not to big man myself. I'm not saying that it's on me to make art, but it's on me to, you know, from my own perspective, to reflect on the times in which we live and the, the challenges in which we face and create from that standpoint. Um, 
I want to I want to take this in a slightly different direction, uh, Lloyd, if I may. Um, sure. You, I, I don't. I, hopefully, I'm not sure if you're allowed to talk about it, but I want to ask you about the Sky Arts, uh, you know, uh, show. Are we allowed to talk to, about? Are we allowed to talk, talk about, about it any? last year? Last year, I was. I can talk about that. Mm. I was a wild card entrant last year, mm. um, and um, it, it was an interesting experience. Um, it was the first time I've ever painted on plein air, and um, I went there. <laughs> I was, and uh, if I was to do it again, I would do it completely differently, and um, more on that later, uh, at a later date probably. But um, I, I was, um, yeah, I, I was confronted by this gigantic uh, Hertzmannshue castle place mansion, mm-hmm. and I painted this building with in a tree and I just I, I was completely raw in terms of landscape I, I had no idea about landscape at all um, you know, I, I'm, I'm more kind of figurative and portraits my passion um, I love portraiture uh, so yeah I, I definitely definitely put myself as far outside of my comfort zone as I possibly could but mm-hmm. I got to meet um, one of my all time favourite living artists says Taishan Schierenberg and he create he's amazing and he's exactly like you kind of see him on telly and uh, yeah he was just like this lovely guy asking me about like how I was making my greys and things and I was like this is Tyson Schirenberg asking me questions about painting I awesome. don't feel worthy but you know I'll, I'll try and answer <laughs> but yeah he was it was amazing and I got to speak to Kate Bryan and uh, um, Kate Bryan Kathleen Soriano and she was lovely and what was amazing was this kind of a communal atmosphere all these artists um in this field we were all outstanding in our field i make no apologies for anything. <laughs> but, um, we were there and it was like a library there was everyone's just so focused and concentrated wow. and i i've made i've made like i think lifelong friends from there this one guy dutchy right. we just we just you know we we kind of really got on and f- friends with him on facebook and you know we talk regularly and we share, share, show each other works in progress photos and stuff and it's amazing to get these kind of like you know connection with other artists and be there in this wonderfully creative uh, environment it was Tremendous. magic absolutely magic so yeah i was uh, i was very very pleased I, I've, I've tried to get on the portrait competition i've had no luck yet but i always like look at that and think okay what can i do to be better you know, and I feel my portraiture mm. is getting better and better and better. I don't paint to be on telly or anything like that. I paint because I have to. I draw because I have to. I love it. But mm. I quite like these kind of uh, these comp- these TV programs. Um, and I know it's a little bit of a sportification of art, but I also think it's very good to kind of get people talking about art, the public who who may have been slightly alienated with things like action painting and abstract expressionism and things like that yeah, and yeah. you know like the, un, the unmade bed and the giant yellow cucumber or whatever you know ridiculous things on the in galleries that require yeah. a treatise of information to tell you why it's good um but i think it gives people kind of a, it allows people these programs allow people to get back in touch with art and inspires them in many ways to to pick up a pencil and start drawing and that is never bad. That's always good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I quite like that. Well, that I mean, that is it is absolutely awesome, and I, I love your your outlook about this as well. Like you know, of, of the way you 
you know, continue to strive. I mean, we, we were talking recently um, off off air, off the podcast, um, you know, as we were setting this up and, and talking about what you were going through to kind of get into the landscape mode because you've been in portrait mode for so long. And I, this mm. is one of the things I, I, I really admire about you is that you continually throw yourself into these challenges. It is I, I think that there's something going on there that is seriously wrong with this Sky Arts program. And I, it, you can't say this, I'm sure, but I, I'm going to say it for you. Sorry. But I, I think that they are really um, missing an opportunity to have you on that show because I've watched that show. Thank you. You know, Portrait Artist of the Year. And, and you know, what what you what you say is true. I mean, it's it, this is a wonderful. I mean, maybe it is a little bit of a, a, a competition, and maybe that 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 kind of building up of this takes art into a place that maybe it shouldn't go. But at the end of the day, it's getting people talking about art, looking at art, and maybe even creating themselves. But the quality of your yeah. work, you know, I, I I've seen a lot of really dodgy portrait painters on that show, and your quality is exceptional. Like you've got this real okay. Lucian Freud esque, beautiful painterly that. way no, of that's amazing. Thank nah, you. man, like no, the 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 way the confidence in your brushstrokes is is such that you know I look at your work and I really admire it because when I try to do what you do, I don't know why, but I end up getting so tight and that double zero round comes out again and and you know I joke about this often, but it's true. Like I I keep every time I approach the canvas to do a portrait, I'm like this is the one that's going to be loose and painterly, and it's like there's something in my brain. I can't do it. And I'm like, I'm looking at you and, and painters like you. And it's just like, bam, bam, bam. It just seems like it's got this freshness and aliveness to it. And thank you. I really I, appreciate you I, saying I, that. I think, I think, um, and that you did a drawing that you posted recently on Instagram, the self-portrait with a red pencil. Yes. Come on, dude. Like that is an amazing portrait. Like the freshness and the mark making, like I'd be there. Like you, you should see these little drawings I'm doing. It's just like, it's like hatch, 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 hatch. And at like six hours in, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> you know, but You're um, drawing, that's the amazing thing. You know, um, I come there's a wonderful quote by Rembrandt that said something about like every hour spent drawing is, oh, what was it? Can you remember that? Do you know that one? No, that, but maybe, profit. Every hour oh, okay. spent drawing is profit. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that's I love cool. that. That's cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it, but I, I never wasted time drawing that that selection panel on that TV show, man, they, they better pull their heads out sooner rather than later and actually recognize the talent that you are and what you'd bring to that show, because I'd love to see you, on, you. on Sky Art, uh, Sky Arts. I'd, lo I'd love it because my, my little mm. ones would love it to see me on there and things, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they've uh, they're great kids and they they get a real kick out of it. They're wonderful. So, yeah. I got a cheesy Ferguson idea. I, I, I got a I got a, a cheesy idea for you, Lloyd. Uh, you could show up in your in your um, kickboxing outfit with your black belt, and they might just be too afraid not to let you join. That could <laughs> that might be yeah yeah. They might just boy, they might just make me a cup of chamomile tea and ask me to sit down and relax. But hey, yeah, I'll have it. <laughs> So what's next for you, mate? What's what's next on the cards? You've got your martial arts school that you're doing, and and through all the challenges that we're facing now, you're doing that through Zoom. Um, you've you've are, are you able to get back and do that in person now and teach teach people? Yeah, in so person? 
yeah, recently we've been in parks, in the local parks, which have been amazing. Um, and as soon as we started back in the local parks, we signed up, we were signing up members in the field. You know, they were coming for free trials and then signing wow. up with us. Um, we're hoping to get back. We could have got back in July in our venues, but we wanted to really make sure that this was, go- we were going to be as safe as we could for our members. So we're looking to get back in September in the dojo with measures in place but i can't wait to be able to you know get back and high-fiving kids again properly and you know taking them on the pads and sparring and things like that it's a really good one we don't with my guys we don't spar until they get the until they've earned their green belt Mm -hmm. and when they earn the green belt it's three hours long like i make sure that they earn it my little boy fergus is a green belt um he's also a he also wears a prosthetic leg he's an amputee and he took his green belt last year um and it was three hours of hell and he did it all because that's why he passed you know i put him through it and he's amazing you know he's he he, i think being a dad inspires me to push myself because i want to be a great example for him and for my daughter and a Mm -hmm. great example for my wife but yeah so my my club uh, that's coming on and you know We've got loads of inquiries, so that's really good. Um, I'm very inspired to do some online classes for martial arts and art. I'm going to get my YouTube channel back up and running. I had, I had a, got a YouTube channel and I was really into it and loving it. Like two YouTube channels actually, one for my martial arts and one for my art. But um, I, I just got totally derailed uh, last October. One of my best friends, I mentioned him earlier on okay. in the podcast, John James. He um he died of cancer from cancer and I, it was horrible to see that kind of the way that he, he he went over from I saw him in May and we saw him in June or went for a run in June or July and visited him in hospital and then October the tenth I went to see him and um, October the eleventh he died and it was like he's my age and it's just it, it just pulled the rug right out from under me he was a wonderful one of the nicest people you've ever met. His family are just gorgeous and lovely and, you know, and it just, and no one ever deserves that. But, you know, if, if anybody, if anyone was the least deserving of, of such a fate, it was that young man, you know, he's an amazing guy, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to get back on track on that one. Um, mm. I've got lots and lots of commissions going at the moment. I think I've had more commissions this year than I've ever had. Um, ever so that's really good that's and I'm tremendous. working on a book cover at the moment as well um, I've also got a few ideas that I'm going to do for children's books as well I'm going to illustrate and write some children's books as well so there's lots and lots and lots of things that I'm going to do I've just you know it's, it's that saying yes to things and like my brain is always always working it just doesn't it never stops I, except when I hit my head it's a pillow then I'm out like a light <laughs> but yeah it's like it's constant you know like you, there's always stuff you want to do and I, I've started thinking about kind of legacy and stuff and what I can leave for my kids yeah. and if, if if I'm you know if I don't leave anything other than some nice paintings and maybe a couple of children's books that they can remember me by then that's perfect for me anyway but you know yeah. I could try and give them something more so that they can remember their old dad as, uh, as someone who worked hard for them. So yeah, well, that's it. It's it, lots it's, of stuff. It's amazing. Oh, that's, oh, dude, that's wonderful. Um, 
I, I find that, that, that thinking those kind of thoughts has such power in that, isn't it? And in, in just being able to mm. propel yourself through the day. I, I, um, I want to ask, though, on, on a business side of things, can, can we take this in a, in a, in a businessy direction, yeah. very nuts and bolts direction? Yeah. Because, you know, your, your business, your art business is booming. And, and again, I will say this against the odds, because right now the marketplace is, is very interesting. Um, mm. the, uh, the UK has officially entered recession. Uh, the yeah. it was reported. I haven't though. Yeah, no, you haven't though. And but th and UK this is important. Has. I haven't. I think this, it's a mindset thing. Thank you. This is important. You know, America and the United States uh, GDP has dropped a third, and and so we're hearing doom and doom and doom. What happens when this sort of stuff goes? Is is we we see wobbles in the marketplace? Cars, jewelry, art you know, the niceties, the finer things in life that we could do without, those are the industries that really suffer. Other things are also yeah. going up. But, you know, in, in, a, in a crisis, who needs an artist, really? But here you are doing commissioned work and, and thriving. What's your secret, Lloyd? What do you do in there in your business? How are you reaching people or how are they reaching you? I don't know. I think I use my social media as well as I can. It's hard I don't. I know I don't post enough. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to social media and things. I I, I don't mind a live and whatnot, but yeah, I'm um, I'm pretty good at talking, I suppose. But yeah, it's like um, I post, so I get contacted through them uh, through social media, and I have developed some relationships with people over over the years. I've, I've been going to, and they kind of will then say, well. I've got something I need painting. So could you, and, and because they know me and they've seen me and they see me regularly. And I suppose they, it's that know, like, and trust, you know, when you, when you, someone wants to buy from you, they've got to know you, they've got to like you and they've got to trust you. And then they buy from you. So I, um, that's, that's kind of, I think what my, um, what I've been, what I've been lucky this year, uh, you know, I've, I've, and I've also pursued, you know, I've like people have, uh, I'm doing a book cover basically because I said I want to illustrate your book cover <laughs> to this lady who's just um, been nominated for a um, Bram Stoker Award and things. You know, she's a horror, horror writer. So I've got, I've, I, it was brilliant to do. I just painted a canvas, really dark um, burnt umber, and just, then just kind of created this, started to create this, um, these, these shapes out of it. It's a, basically a story set in World War II, um, and she she's a brilliant writer and she describes her characters really vividly and it takes place at the start in a cinema um, where this the manager is based on a true story the manager's killed uh, shot to, um, shot and then the guy comes down and sits next to this girl and finishes watching the sit the film so mm -hmm. i've got this kind of this really moody kind of thing there with us in the oh, cinema wow. with these guys sitting next to this girl and i'm putting some ghosts in and, and then this against the kind of backdrop of a bombed and blasted Bristol, which is, you know, exciting to paint, you know, and you, it's exciting to say, but it's even more exciting to paint. So, yeah, so I, I pursued that. So I think um, some of the things I've got, I've pursued and said, like, you, you need me to do this. I think I could do really well for you. Can I tell you why, or can I tell you what I'd intend to do? And they're like, that's really good. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. So it's not wow. being shy. Like, you know, Just if, I, if I'm there. shy, then I'm not going to get it. Right. You know. Yeah. Just just getting out yeah. there and 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 just yeah, rattling saying, rattling yes, the just... bushes, see what falls out, basically. Yeah. 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 Awesome, man. Throwing it against the wall, seeing if it sticks. 
I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, there's something to be said for trying. I think this is a time now, as things do begin to get a little bit more challenging, this is a time where the real movers and shakers and the people who are after it and yeah. just going to go and get it, yeah. they're the ones that are going to going to get, you know, going to get the rewards. Definitely. As a business model, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's sustainable. Right. Um, you know, like rattling bushes and trying to get, sure. but it sort of helps me to, the more I put myself out there, the better my reputation is. So I yeah. slowly to slowly develop that as well. So, you know, as I, I, and that kind of snowball effect as well. I think that's, it's been, a, it's been beneficial, I think. Awesome, just man. keep pushing and keep getting better. Awesome. Because I share my story as well. That's the thing. Another thing, I share my failures. I share my my triumphs, and, and I have lots and lots of people saying, or you know, they really get behind me. And um, you know, like I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And if I've failed at something, that's fine. And I I will tell them this is how I'm feeling, but this is what I'm going to do about it. And it's. I think people identify with that. And I think something people really like to hear, you know, is you don't sort of go, well, I failed. Goodbye. I'm closing this page down. Mm. You know, it's like, right, I failed. So this is what I plan to do to get better. Mm. See if what you think in a few months and see if I've improved. And people like it. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Lloyd, I, I wish you continued success, my friend. I think it is just Thank awesome you. that what you bring to the art world and, and your own personal story as well. It's inspiring. You're an inspiring dude. I've been following you now for a long while, and I just love the portraiture and, uh, and, and the drawings of what you're creating. But this has been a real treat. Thank you so much for being on the Creative Endeavor you're podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. I, I love that you just said that as well. It's amazing. I've just been on the Creative Endeavor Thank you so much, Andrew Tish. I really, really appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you. Well, I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Creative Endeavor podcast and a huge thank you to Lloyd Lewis for joining me. If you'd like to see more of Lloyd's work, then make sure you follow him on Instagram. He can be found at Lloyd Lewis Artist, all one word. Now, there's something about hearing from other artists like Lloyd that always leaves me with something to apply to my own creative journey. I think the biggest takeaway here in this episode for myself, personally speaking, was just another opportunity to dial back in with what is absolutely essential and so important and vital with my creative practice. And that is just rolling up my sleeves and continuing to plug away at this thing and continuing to work on it, never resting for a moment with just being satisfied with my work, going, oh, you know what, Andrew, good job there, that'll do. No, it's about being totally dialed in, about knowing what you really want to get out of this creative journey, jumping in with both feet and not letting up. I think as a fighter, Lloyd Lewis really brings something else to this creative journey. And some of that, I must admit, in this conversation, well, I hope it's rubbed off on me. I feel it, and now I want to attack my creative journey with even more energy and enthusiasm. And I hope it's done the same for you as well. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, then please take a moment to leave me a rating or a review on whatever audio platform you're listening on, or simply share this episode with a friend. Your effort there really helps me grow this platform. It helps me get the podcast out to more people. And it's because of you that this is reaching more and more folks. And I couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much. 
Now, if you want to find out more about me, I can be found on my website, of course. Simply visit www.andrewtischler.com. I've got several more episodes of the podcast up my sleeve. I look forward to bringing those out to you in due course. It has been a blast hanging out with you here again, and I look forward to being with you once again on another episode of The Creative Endeavor.